to sing your song again Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me Let me be saved when the evening comes Even though the song goes down in Times Square tonight, let's sing Bless the Good morning, it's lovely to see you all this morning, it's kind of wet and dreek outside but hopefully um, you'll find a warm welcome as we worship here together. Uh, it's lovely to see you all and especially to welcome Charlene who's going to be leading our worship for the next two weeks. We look forward to um, hearing what you have to, to share with us, Charlene. Um, just a couple of things. Uh, can I remind the elders that the new uh, duty team rotas have been posted and they're in the pigeonholes if you could um, take yours today if you haven't already collected them. And the Blythewoods Care Shoebox Appeal, um, if you have your donations in by the 7th of November, is that right? Yeah, uh, if, you're, if you're helping with that, the, the time for that seems to be coming around uh, really quickly. And after the service today, there'll be tea and coffee, so please do stay behind and join us for some fellowship. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. And it's so lovely to be here. And um, although I can't see your faces, I do hope that you're smiling. Um, although I did get a bit of a clue on the way in because someone said to me, don't worry, if we're laughing, we'll be behind the masks so we won't see you. So that's gave me a wee bit of, you know, confidence, okay? Um, but this morning, I'm not going to be coming out to you with the mic because I thought it would maybe be better for me just to tell you a wee bit about myself um, rather than... Um, trying to find out more about you, which I'm hoping to do when I'm here for the longer term. Um, but as you know, I'm a probationer um, looking to come to you in December. So um, a wee bit about me, I'm married. My husband is uh, Georges, uh, he's Portuguese. And we have two daughters and I have a lovely granddaughter and another baby on the way. So we're a growing family. Um, I'm from Slamanin and lived there all of my life. Um, a very small kirk, a wee parish kirk, and um, quite different to coming to larger spaces like this for me. Um, so you'll learn more about me as time goes on, but that's just a little snippet about who I am and how I got here. So now let us prepare ourselves for worship. Lord God, as we gather in this place and online, as we listen to your word, help us to grow in understanding. As we offer our prayer, help us to grow in fellowship. As we learn how to live out our faith, help us to grow in maturity, that we may be your witnesses in the world today. Amen. Our first hymn this morning as we pull our voices together is All I Once Held Dear. 
Let us come together in prayer. God of peace, quieten our hearts and help us be still in your presence. We can find this hard to do, for our lives are filled with noise and confusion, responsibilities and demands, which press upon us from all sides, sapping our energy and consuming our time. We run here and there, doing this and that, always something else to think about, another pressing matter demanding our attention. And then suddenly, in the middle of it all, we stop and realise that we have forgotten you, the one we depend on to give us strength. God of peace, we offer to you now this space we have made here in this place meet with us so that we may be refreshed, that you may feed us, challenge us and inspire us through your word and presence until we are overflowing with your grace. Lord, there is much to do, but help us to understand that there is nothing as important as spending time in your presence. For without your strength, your peace and your renewing touch, we lose our perspective on everything, depriving ourselves of the resources that we need. Help us then, not simply to find some place for you, but to give you pride of place, for only then will we experience the life that you have planned for us. Receive the faith we declare and the discipleship we offer, for poor though may be, they may be, we offer them with body, mind, soul, and humility, coming to you as we say together the words your Son taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We now hear from the word of God, and our first reading is from Psalms 119, reading um, chapters 161 to 173. And this first reading comes from the New International Version. Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at your word. I rejoice in your promise, like one who finds great spoil. I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have those who who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes, for all my ways are known to you. May my cry come to you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you and deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with your praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord. Your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep, but seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. Our New Testament reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1, um, verses 13 to 25. And I'm reading this um, section from um, a Bible called The Voice. So get yourselves ready. Prepare your minds to act. Control yourselves and look forward in hope as you focus on the grace that comes when Jesus the anointed returns and is completely revealed to you. Be like obedient children as you put aside the desires you used to pursue when you didn't know better. Since the one who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. For the scripture says, you are to be holy for I am holy. If you call on the Father who judges everyone without partiality according to their actions, then you should live in reverence and awe while you live out the days of your exile. You know that a price was paid to redeem you. The following was empty-handed to you by your ancestors. It was not paid with things that perish, like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of the anointed, who was like a perfect 
and unblemished sacrificial lamb. God determined to send him before the world began, but he came into the world. In these days for your last sake, through him you have been brought to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him for the very reason that your faith and hope are in him. Now that you have taken care to purify your souls through your submission to the truth, you can experience real love for each other. So love each other deeply from a pure heart. You have been reborn not from the seed that eventually dies, but from the seed that is eternal. Through the word of God that lives and endures forever. For as Isaiah said, all life is like grass and its glory like a flower. The grass will wither and die and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. This is the word that has been preached to you. May God bless these readings of his holy word. Amen. We now sing again, and our second hymn is May the Mind of Christ. Seek the Lord. 
reflection. Have you ever experienced uh, reading this section of scripture, or perhaps even several chapters, only to stop realizing that you have absolutely no idea what you've just read? This has happened to me more times than I would like to admit. In my life, my experience and understanding of God's word has changed and evolved as my circumstances have. With the Spirit using whatever I am reading at that point to shed light on the path and the way he has forward for me. The resounding message for me is that God wants a relationship with us, his creation which he made in his image. And as part of um, obviously our theology training, we're encouraged to read several Bibles. Um, and for me, it's always interesting to read a passage in three or four different versions with the commentaries, because it's so enlightening to see the underlying part of all these um, readings, you know, the time it happened, who was there, um, who would be part of that process that isn't mentioned within the passage itself. Um, so every time I read things, I gain just a little bit more information. And I think the other thing for our reading of our Bible is very much dependent on our, emo on our emotion. Um, so when we're reading a passage, on one day we might read something and get a particular feedback from that passage. And then on another day, it might not have that same meaning for us. And I think that that's what the the God wants for us is to express our feelings and our emotions so that we can learn and get his insight into what's his path for us and not necessarily the path that we think that we are going. But even more important than what we think about the word of God is what God says about his own word. And according to the Bible, the word of the Lord is true, pure, righteous, and fully trustworthy. It is eternal and stands firm in the heavens. It is divinely inspired, perfect, and the value is more of any silver and gold. The Bible is God's story and it reveals God's eternal person, his infinite power, his unlimited love, and his matchless glory whose very presence can give fulfillment to the empty, healing to the broken and forgiveness to the sinful. It can give purpose to the meaningless, help to the helpless, courage to the fearful and frightened, strength to the weak, and hope to the hopeless. Jesus was the word made flesh. He is here and with us and is filled with wisdom, power, and comfort. And as he, through his spirit and his word, falls upon hearts eager to receive, he cannot help but produce fruit through us. The power and authority of God's word infinitely surpasses any other book that was written. When we pick up our Bible, do we realize what we are holding in our hands? 
Do we ever stop to think this is actually the word of God? St. Augustine reminds us, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Whether you're here in church, alone at home, at a Bible study, wherever God's word is spoken, God is. In the West, we have been blessed with such easy access to the word that it's hard sometimes not to take it for granted. We can walk into any good bookshop and take our pick of the Bibles of choice. We can walk into our churches and find Bibles located at the end of our pews. But we find ourselves in danger of adopting a casual attitude to the Word of God due to its easy accessibility. In our first reading this morning, the psalmist is implying that he felt persecuted, perhaps harassed, because he was a servant of God and a believer in his word. Here in Scotland, there may be some who do persecute us. However, this is much more likely to be an expression of negative attitude towards our beliefs and not necessarily a physical attack. However, in other parts of the world, this rule does not hold true. In nations across the world, there are those who are being physically persecuted for their faith. They are mocked publicly, harassed without end, abused and beaten, and may even have given their life because of their belief in God's word. Others may have no access to the Bible in their own language, or in some cases be able to read the written word, and they rely solely on teaching from others, which could be a very scarce resource. Now, we don't know the situation of our psalmist, what he is describing, but it is clear that there are people of power who are trying to scare him and overwhelm him with fear. But he lets it be known immediately and clearly, even though many come against him, his focus is on God and he gladly faces the human persecution because he did not want to face discipline for being disobedient to God. The psalmist understands who is in charge and who is truly the one that he answers to. God is in charge when it comes to obedience and no man shall be put through, but no man shall be put before him. But what does it mean to tremble at the word of the Lord? It means an attitude of reverential awe, a healthy fear of God in action. We know that God loves us truly, but we know that he expects from us a way of action in the way we live, in the way we talk, and in the way that we take forward his discipleship. It is the opposite to having a cavalier attitude towards the world. The psalmist speaks of loving the word, referencing it, delighting in it, longing for it, trusting it, and fearing it. He can scarcely contain his joy as he rehearses the blessings and the benefits he has received from the word of God. Our Christian faith flourishes only if the word is our delight. 
The psalmist delighted in the word of God and spontaneously, joyously and purposefully absorbed himself in it. The word and God was his life. We learn that the word of God has the power to keep us from sin, to strengthen us when we are grieving, to comfort us when we are suffering, to grant us freedom, to give us understanding and light for our path, and it keeps us from stumbling. The sad thing here is that as humans, we can and do stumble. But when God is beside us, when the tough times come, we perhaps don't fall completely flat. For tough times in life there are. Any Christian who is paying attention knows that our society has descended into a dark place over the last 20 to 30 years. The rational world seems to have been turned on its head. We live in a culture that is increasingly rejecting the notion of truth, faith and love. Some parts of society have descended into moral chaos, the likes of which we would find in the Old Testament book of Judges, where it was said that everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So have we become numb to evil intent and influence because we are surrounded by it constantly in newspapers, TVs, bulletins, social media. We are no longer surprised at the extent of evil in our midst. Or do we focus our anger and our frustration on those who are living a lie? And do we begin to show hatred and scorn? Perhaps we are being pulled by that force unconsciously. However, that is not our calling. We are not called to hate those living a lie or being sinful. The lies and deception of this world should sicken our hearts. Sin should be something we loathe. But let us never mistake the sinner for the sin. God loves the sinner but detests the sin. God's instructions to us is to love our neighbour. Love them with a pure heart, to display unselfish love. And we can't do that by being judgment, judgmental or condescending. So, should we, so how should we live in these challenging times? In 1 Peter we heard, now that you have taken care to purify your soul, you can experience real love for each other. You have been reborn through the word of God that lives and endures forever. We should live with Christ-like love. As believers, we know that God has instructed us to be his witness and to make disciples. But how often do we live our lives as Christians in our own spaces, our own church, rather than being missionary Christians who share openly the love of Jesus with others. We must focus on God and his will. The psalmist understood this. He said the focal point in our lives should be God's law and God's words. But the word of God will challenge us again and again. Challenge us to be open, to be honest and straightforward 
to be in your faith and not just looking in on your faith. To be teachable, to give up pride and self-righteousness and to become holy and separate from the world. The world must be able to distinguish the difference between us and all others who claim to come from the name of God. We must allow the word of God to change us, to guide us, and to truly enlighten us. For it is not a matter of if God is calling us to share his word. It is a matter of where God is calling us to share his word and whether or not we are listening, hearing, and obeying his call. Amen. We will now sing our next hymn, and that is Christ Be Our Light.
We now have our prayer for others as we think of our world and those around us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, just as you brought new out of old through the fulfilment of the law and the prophets, so also continue to make us new, taking our old self and refashioning it by your grace into a new creation. Help us to let go of everything in our past that denies and destroys us, separating us from your love. Take what we are and recreate us by your power so that we may become the people you would have us be. We know we are not good at letting go of the past, at recognising there are times when we need to move on in life, to take a step forward in faith if we are ever to grow. We prefer the security of the familiar, the comfort of that which does not stretch or challenge us too far. We are afraid that change may ask for more of us than we are willing to give. We ask, Lord, that you give us courage to trust you completely so that you may refashion our lives to your glory. God, change. Give your church prophets who will speak to the people, giving strength and encouragement in all they do. Spare the church from self-appointed critics who delight in tearing down and ripping apart the ideas of others. May your loving spirit teach each of us how to please our fellow members in the church for the good purpose of building them up, making them stronger. We thank you that you have journeyed with us through it all laughing when we have laughed, weeping when we have wept. We ask that you will lead us into the coming months, providing the safety of your presence with us and the strength and courage we need to step out in faith into the unknown future. Much has happened in the world in this past week, Lord. And we pray for those who are caught up in the big events that have made it into the news. The mindless violence, such as the killing of Sir David Amos. Comfort his family, Lord, as they question why they have lost a loved one in this way. And we pray also for those whose personal tragedies were never told in public. We pray for a world where war is still a grim reality. We pray for the change of attitudes in those who stir up strife, for all who make a profit out of the misery of others, and for all who believe that war is inevitable. Let them see their wrongs against others. Lord, help us to renew our fight against cruelty and injustice, against prejudice, tyranny and oppression. Be our light in this darkness. We thank you for all the people and the organisations that work quietly and effectively to bring peace, to release those enslaved and to empower all the world's inhabitants. 
We thank you too for the rebuilding of homes, the spreading of education and healthcare, for clean water and sustainable food supplies. Lord, we pray for the leaders of our nations, asking you to pour out your spirit of reconciliation on them. Give them a long longing to bring freedom from fear, freedom from want for all people. Give strength and courage to those who bear heavy responsibilities for the peace and safety of the world. Let them hear your voice above the noise of the boardrooms and let your love become a constant within them. Merciful God, we pray for those who face difficulties in their personal lives, problems in their families, in their friendships, their workplaces, or in their neighbourhoods. Those experiencing financial difficulties, those facing the threat of losing their jobs and who see no future prospects, help them to be calm in these times of uncertainty and to be patient with those who try to help them. We pray for all who are ill, undergoing treatment or awaiting test results, some of which may have been delayed as our NHS tries to cope in these challenging times. Increase our understanding of the pressures that they are under and help us to be empathetic to difficult situations. Lord, we ask you to ease the hearts of all who mourn the loss of a loved one. When we lose someone close, we feel that part of us dies as well. But let us remember that part of them lives on in us. Give us strength and understanding to honour and cherish that gift. Help all who are bereaved to find some consolation in the knowledge of your love that they can honour the past by looking to the future. We pray for those who provide us with leadership, those who serve through their ministry of care. We pray for ourselves and for the path of discipleship that we are on. Enable us to hear your voice calling us to new things and give us a fresh vision as we journey together. Help us to do what is important in your eyes, not what seems urgent in ours. Help us to be persistent and consistent. Take the very best of our lives. Bind us into one people of faith and help us to share our common values. In the love of Jesus, let us care for each other as we build dreams of peace in your world. With continued hope and with the Holy Spirit, let us turn those into a reality. Loving Lord, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We now come to our final hymn for this morning, and that is Lord of the Light, Shine, Jesus, Shine. This is my, one of my favourites.
Lord, send forth your word. Let there be light in our lives. Loving God who sees us and loves us just as we are, be with us as we work for you and your kingdom. Guide us and challenge us to draw close to you. And may the blessing of the God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us this day and forevermore. Amen. Please remember that there's a cup of tea and um, it would be lovely if people are staying behind. I'll get a wee chance to, to speak to you um, and to get you to know a little better. Savior is he. Oh, what 
Savior is.